Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. We're married, and we like to do a lot of different things together. But what got us together initially was that we love to eat and we like to drink. And we love to learn how our favorite foods and beverages came to be. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk about something delicious and answer the question, Where did this come from? really nice to social distance hang with some of our friends last night. We had Aperol spritzes in their backyard and it was just lovely. It was lovely. It was really, really good. Good to remember what it's like to actually see people, even if you're still six plus feet apart. Human interaction has been... Yeah. And just to like talk to other people that... Aren't each other. Aren't each other, (laughs) which, you know, we love each other, but it's nice to have a little like... It's, it's, it's nice change for a, it up. It's nice for a change. Absolutely. It's nice for a change Absolutely. To talk to other people and remember that we can be social creatures. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, should we start the show? Let's begin. Awesome. Uh, so welcome back, everybody, to Where Did This Come From, our podcast where we talk about all things delicious and tasty and where they came from. I'm Laura. I'm Trevor. And today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite foods, Tacos. Oh man, this is gonna be this is big for you. It is. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to learn about it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool actually. It's a good topic, and I think there's again we are just scratching the surface um, of tacos. Uh, so we probably more. have yeah. multiple episodes tacos, about tacos. Tacos 2.0. Tacos 2.0. 3.0. Yeah. Um, Before we get too deep in the episode, I just want to say I know I saying this for both of us, but thank you so much for listening to our first few episodes. It's been so much fun doing this. Uh, and the feedback has been so overwhelmingly positive from from everyone who's been listening and who's been reaching out to us. So uh, we're going to keep doing it. We love doing this. We love, uh, we'd be doing this even if we didn't have microphones in front of us, to be honest with you. So, so thrilled to be, so thrilled that it's being well received by y'all. Yes, thank you. And as a reminder, we, the structure of the podcast is that one of us does the research and kind of teaches the other one about a topic that we don't necessarily know about. So um, that's we're kind of going to be going back and forth. So some episodes might be Trevor heavy, some episodes might be Laura heavy. So you, know, you can hopefully listen to all of them. But if you like one of us better than the other, you can choose which one you want to listen to. Yeah, hopefully you like both of us. Um, <laughs> and if you if it's one or the other, just don't tell us. Don't tell us. It's fine. Don't tell us. Um, but we do. Um, we're gonna hopefully get some guest speakers on because we have some some cool next yeah. topics to to discuss. So we will more yeah, to we, come on that. We will have guests guest hosts with us actually. Yes. I don't even think it's a it's a it's more of a win than an if at this point. Right. So we'll keep you we'll keep you posted there. Uh, we have some fun some fun topics to talk about and some really knowledgeable people that are going to come in and sit in with us and uh, and teach us all about them. Yeah. Um so but back to today. Yes, the important topic the of main tacos. Event, tacos. Um and Trevor can attest like I could eat tacos basically every day. That is a thousand percent true. Laura and could turn anything into a taco if she had her druthers. Yes. Yeah. Actually, my work did a quarantine, like happy hour, like a virtual happy hour. And the theme was making tacos. And mm. one of the categories for like the winning taco was best use of random quarantine ingredients. <laughs> and I actually won that category with, um, it was like leftover black beans. Mm. <laughs> 
a half of an avocado. Oh, I remember this. Frozen corn. Um, and I think we had a tomato and Greek yogurt um, as a sour cream yeah. substitute. Um, and I did win that category. So Wait, you said it worked. This isn't your job? Podcasting <laughs> yeah. isn't your job? Yeah. No, sadly, we do not have enough sponsors to pay the bills yet. Who knows? Um, yet. yet. Yes. So I am going to start off by saying we're not going to focus today on tortillas because the history of tortillas is like goes to 10,000 BC. Wow. Um, so we keep picking these topics that are, yes. So I'm going to preface this, that we're not going to be talking about the shells necessarily. Um, but obviously that is a huge component of the taco. And you either fall into one or two camps there. I think you're either flour or corn. Yes. Agreed. I am corn a hundred percent. And because I enjoy staying married, I am also corn. <laughs> I am actually corn. I prefer corn tortillas. Yeah, I, I like the soft corn tortillas. That is like my favorite. I do like hard shell, which we're, we're going to get into a little bit today. Um, but my go-to is definitely the soft corn tortillas. Oh, yeah. That's more traditional as far as what I understand anyway. Yes. Yep, it is. Um, and I just find the flour tortillas like... You're making a fajita. It's not a taco. Semantics, I have strong opinions. Semantics. Yes, clearly. <laughs> clearly you do. Um, but I, I do want to actually start this episode with one, um, with a reference because I found a lot of articles about the history of tacos and the history of food. Um, and there's one gentleman that came up in almost every single article that I found. Really? Dr. Jeffrey Pilcher, who is a professor of history at the University of Toronto, who's also at the University of Minnesota. Wow. Um, and he specializes in Mexican and world history, particularly with food. Oh, that's really cool. So, so most of the articles that I found actually had some kind of quote or reference to him. Um, and he actually sounds like an interesting guy. Uh, his other love, aside from um, Latin American food, is beer. So I'm what? like, we should talk to this guy. If we can <laughs> he get a hold really of cool. Dr. Jeffrey Pilcher. <laughs> yes. If you're listening, which I know you're not right now, but if anyone out there knows Dr. Jeffrey Pilcher, please put him in contact with us because we could do a whole Mexican food beer episode or yes. series of episodes. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Exactly. So, and he's written a couple books, um, and I, I read a, a few of the excerpts, but uh, one called Planet Taco, A Global History of Mexican Food, I think we might need to purchase and just put on our shelves. So, Sounds good. Anyway, big shout out to Jeffrey Pilcher. So first, the tacos as we know them, so tortilla filled with stuffing, really come from the 18th century silver mines in Mexico. Really? Silver miners? The silver miners. So the there's a lot of etymology of the word taco, and you can like look it up, but um, taco is referring to the like charges that they would put in the mine. So they would roll a piece of paper with gunpowder inside of it, oh. like a little taco, um, and put it into the holes they carved and then light those and obviously. So taco is, it comes from. Uh, I'm assuming it's not the same word today as it was then, but it's it comes from that, which is like an explosive charge that the miners would use to blow up rock. Right. And so wow. and the other, um, you know, etymology of the word taco is like half filled. Um, so huh. either way, it kind of makes sense in this because yeah. they're, they're, they're putting a filling in the middle of something 
um, in this sense, they're using it to help the silver mining. Um, That's really cool. But these, you know, first types of tacos were described as miners' tacos because they would, you know, obviously they were looking for a cheap, easy lunch. Yeah. Wow. Um, and obviously with sort of the immigration of people coming up from Mexico into California and Texas, um, they kind of brought this food with them. So the, um, first mention of a taco in the United States, um, was from 1905. And that was really when a lot of the Mexican migrants started to come up working on the mines and the railroads, um, and other kind of you know, jobs that were available to Mexican immigrants yeah. to the U.S. Just another great example of other cultures coming to this country and bringing amazing food that we love to eat today still. Yes, exactly. And a lot of the early tacos were kind of filled with potatoes or salsa. It's not exactly how we would think about it today. <clears throat> the tacos that we know and love, filled with, you know, meat and cheese mm-hmm. and tasty toppings, um, that stemmed from these Mexican people being in the U.S. and having new ingredients to be able to oh, put wow. in their tacos. Such so traditional tacos didn't, original tacos, I should oh. say, didn't have necessarily meat. So not necessarily because but it not was kind as of like a we think of it today a always poor man's that. a poor man's yeah. food. So they would have they wouldn't necessarily always have meat. Gotcha. It's not to say that it didn't because right, right, a lot right, of right. times you know a taco is one of those things that it's hard to it trace is, all yeah. of the origins. Like you know people could have been eating. I read something that said you know people put like organ meat in there and you know it's basically like whatever was available they put into the taco, but primarily. For, you know, those miners and the migrants in the U.S., it would be, like, potatoes and stuff. Gotcha. So the the children of the migrants who came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and kind of started making tacos with things that were now available in the United States, so a lot more, like, ground meat, shredded lettuce, you yeah. know, tomato, things that were available. Right. Um, you know, a lot of those people were starting to um, gain a little bit more financial security. A lot of them went to fight into World War One and World War Two, and yeah. were able to claim citizenship. And they were able to, to sort of still eat Mexican-style food, but be able to afford putting higher quality yeah, higher ingredients quality, yeah. in there or uh, you know higher quality could be yeah um, that's a relative term a relative term but, I mean, more americanized ingredients more americanized ingredients so mm-hmm. there is there's a reference to this group of women called the chili queens um and i believe they were primarily in texas in the san antonio area um the chili queens the chili queens i love that name yes and so when tourists started like being able to come into Texas or west from railroads, they would check out the Chili Queens who had (laughs) carts (laughs) um, and would sell, you know, tacos or like Mexican cuisine. Um, And the tourists really liked it because they could have an exotic flavor without crossing the border into Mexico where it was deemed to be too dangerous. Gotcha. 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 Um, And they would sort of park their carts, you know, outside of the railway stations or outside of festivals. Mm -hmm. um, And I guess sort of gave way to, you know, the street food in in the U.S. Well, these like hand carts? 
They were hand carts, yeah. Gotcha. So this was in the late 1880s and 90s. Oh, wow. These women were, you know, I think they were branded as, you know, the men could go check out these hot ladies. Oh, it was they, that kind of checking out. Gotcha. Well, they wanted it to be. I don't think it was uh, like actual. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, but it was a bunch of, you know, sexy Latina women yeah. serving delicious food. So it kind of became like a like a hot spot, a thing to check out. So Wow. I mean, you always hear sex sells, but you never think of tacos yes. when, that, when that comes up. Yeah, exactly. Interesting business model. Clearly, yeah. clearly it worked. It did, yes. So jumping back to Mexico, in the 19, early 1900s, Tacos El Pastor Ooh, yes. were kind of branded. And this was by, um, this kind of came about because of the Lebanese immigrants who kind of introduced a shawarma style of roasting meat. I heard about this. Yes. So they started with roasted lamb, um, and it would be served on a flour tortilla or pita bread. Um, and this combo was called tacos arabes, or Arab tacos. Yeah. But the technique of cooking the meat on sort of the vertical spit fire mm-hmm. became really popular in Puebla, Mexico. So that's how a pastor is made. It's on the... The vertical kind of shawarma spit? Yes, oh, traditionally. I did not know that. I, I did not know that either. But it usually just has, you know, simple seasoning. Yeah. Whereas the the Mexican version can have like adobo and more flavored, yeah. more flavored seasonings on it. Um, and like pineapple too, I think, right? Yes. So I was reading about the pineapple and no one like knows where that came from. Really? Yes. Which is a delicious combination. It is. I wonder if that came about... When it kind of came up into the states, maybe, maybe. Um, not that pineapple is not... necessarily an American thing. I mean, I'm sure we grow pineapple somewhere in America, but yeah, I think it more of like a South American. Who thing, knows? I, I mean, know. I love I I love the pineapple and pastor. So, Me too. I mean, honestly, if it was just even if it was just regular shawarma in a tortilla, I would be thrilled. Yes, agreed. But yes, so tacos al pastor didn't really make it to the mainstream in the U.S. until like the '60s. So oh, it took that they long. Were around for a long time before it became popular. Oh man. Okay, so let's talk about Taco Bell for a minute. Taco Bell. Yes. We we have varying opinions on Taco Bell between the two of us. Yeah, I am not a huge fan. That's okay. It's not for everybody. It's not it for everybody. Plenty of Crunchwrap Supremes for me, yeah. uh, which, in all honesty, I haven't had Taco Bell in years, mostly because there's not a lot of them around us, uh, and I had to make a point of cutting out fast food in my life many years ago in order to make sure I lived as long as I possibly could. Yes. Um, but no, love Taco Bell. Uh, I don't think anyone loves Taco Bell more than my brother. Yes, he does love a Crunchwrap Supreme every who, once in a while. By the way, is like a very highly skilled chef, like an executive chef at a beautiful winery here in New England, and maybe yeah, one of his he favorite makes foods is Taco Bell. Food, beautiful, and picturesque we'll eat, food. Like you know, a frozen burrito for lunch. Okay. Go with what you like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It works. But yeah, so Glenn Bell, um, there's sort of like an interesting slash kind of. Dark story. Dark. I also didn't know Taco Bell was named after the person who opened the first Taco Bell. Yes. So in 1937, 
a woman named Lucia Rodriguez, Lucia Rodriguez, opened the doors of her cafe called Milta Cafe, and it was on Route 66 in San Bernardino. Lovely. Glenn Bell had a hot dog and hamburger stand across the street. Oh, and no. there, at this time in LA, there was a lot of segregation. So the areas where the Mexican food was, um, those were not sort of like the white neighborhoods. Yeah. Glenn Bell, I guess, befriended. Um, Heavy air quotes on that one, I Mrs. would say. Mrs. Rodriguez. So the article that I read about this um, didn't outwardly say that you know anything totally negative happened. Okay. However, you can sort of put the dots together. Right. But he, he befriended the Rodriguez family, who was running this restaurant, the Milta Cafe, which is still open today. Oh, really? It's on Mount Vernon Avenue in San Bernardino. Awesome. Mr. Bell could see that it was a hot spot. Like, mm. they had really loyal customers. It was sort of um, a community gathering location. You know, Cesar Chavez was known as a regular. Um, really? You know, uh Salvador Rodriguez, who was a, Lucia's husband, he was a he was a kind of a businessman, um, and so he knew a lot of politicians. Uh, so it would it was kind of a gathering place yeah. for like everyone. Um, you know, Mexican U.S. like baseball teams would mm-hmm. go there. It was it was a hot spot. Yeah, and so Glenn Bell noticed sort of the amount of people that were there mm-hmm. all the time. Um, they they. We're crushing their business. Basically. Of course. I mean, they're selling tacos they and across the street, they're selling hamburgers and hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't think it was like a um, necessarily that the hot dog hamburger stand was like doing poorly, but he noticed people like loved this food. Yeah. And the atmosphere was like really opening yeah, and course. welcoming, um, open and welcoming. Glenn Bell befriends um, the Rodriguez family uh, and all their cooks, mm-hmm. and he decides to open a taco shop. So Tia Taco was the was the original was name. the original name Tia Taco. Or uh, sorry, I might have been Taco Tia. Um, Aunt Taco, Auntie Taco, Auntie Taco, <laughs> um, Taco Tia uh, in the mid nineteen fifties, and a lot of the recipes that opened for the first Taco Bell um, are very reminiscent Uh, of what was served at Cafe Milta. But the idea was for Glenn Bell's restaurant, he wanted to make things quickly. So it was kind of like the first fast food option mm -hmm. for Mexican. Yeah. Um, Because he, you know, was like, okay, well, it's if I order 12 tacos, that, that takes kind of a long time mm-hmm. to put together. Yeah. So if we pre-make everything. Oh, like all the fixins? Yeah, just like gotcha. fill them with meat. Um, and so he he says he invented the um, the hard taco shell. That's actually not true. Around the 1940s, there's cookbooks. Um, so you're saying Glenn Bell is a liar. <laughs> Yeah. Opportunist. Um, Opportunist. Yes. He was, Glenn Bell was an opportunist. But so he started the Taco Bell chain and opened those restaurants in primarily white neighborhoods. Right. So this was kind of when those people in those neighborhoods were kind of first introduced to tacos as a regular meal. Gotcha. So their first introduction to tacos 
and for a lot Mexican of people, food was Taco, was Taco Bell. Bell. Right. Interesting to know that. Right. And I think there's, I mean, obviously right now there's a lot of discussion on, you know, cultural appropriation versus appreciation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so definitely the origins of Taco Bell might fall closer to the appropriation appropriation definition. Whereas I'm sure in his mind, he probably thought it was appreciation. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult because a lot of the people who, you know, tried tacos from Taco Bell and were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, might have had, like me, like I have a greater appreciation Mm -hmm. for tacos and the history of tacos and where they came from um, because I was introduced to them. So maybe if that didn't happen, it wouldn't be such a widespread, delicious. It's true. That's a good point. I mean, you can can look at it a number of different ways, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't want to say anything negative about Taco Bell because honestly this is just again scratching the surface of kind of what went on going into the history that's all um but yes so but the good news is Milta Cafe is still open today they're still a big success um and they have a very loyal I mean they've been open for 90-ish 100 years at this point if that's the case yeah that's awesome. I mean, there's a couple of places in, in in the LA area I know of for sure. Um, El Cholo is another one that they've been around since the early, early days of Hollywood. And a lot of the, the Hollywood stars would go there because it was the same idea. It was something exotic, delicious, really amazing flavors and different takes on stuff that they had, they had seen themselves. So a lot of, I know, I think Southern California, uh, obviously Texas, Arizona, Mexico, I'm sorry, New Mexico. Um, it's kind of that that hotbed belt for amazing Mexican cuisine here in the States. Yep. Totally. Tacos are wonderful. They are wonderful. You're right. Um, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about the taco truck. Awesome. Yes. So in, again, this is, could be disputed, but the research that I found said that in 1974, Raul Martinez converted an old ice cream truck. Oh, Piggybacking on ice cream from a couple weeks ago. Um, Into a mobile taco station. And thank goodness he did. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Martinez. Um, And so he parked it outside of a bar in LA. Oh, genius. So smart. (laughs) Um, It was a huge success. So I I found an article from the LA Times from 1987. Um, So, you know, like 13 years after he had started. And it said that in the first night, he sold $70 worth of tacos. Which in 1974, you said, right? Was when he started? Yep. That's got to be so many tacos. Yes. So um, let's see. I have the conversion. So $70 in 1974 is the equivalent to about $367. Does it to say how much he was charging for tacos? Uh, you know what? He did. And I... I did say that, and I think it was it was something like forty five cents oh or gosh. something very cheap. That's a lot of tacos. Um, a ton of tacos, but can you imagine like coming out of a bar and seeing a glorious taco truck? I can imagine <laughs> it because I've lived it. I've lived it several times in my life. <laughs> yeah, um, but for the first about six months, he started making one hundred and fifty dollars a night. And that is equivalent uh, to about $788 a night. Wow. 
Um, and so in six months, he had enough money to open what is now King Taco. King Taco. I'm not familiar with King Taco. I was not either, actually. So it is a California-based uh, chain. Awesome. And they have – it's kind of like fast food um, yeah. tacos. Good for you, Mr. Martinez. Like a, yeah, definitely a competitor to Taco Bell. Um, and I assume very tasty because they're still yeah. doing well. And I think they have about 30-plus locations oh, um, in California. Well, God bless a taco truck, I'll tell you. there. I mean, you mentioned like coming out of a bar and there's this glowing beacon of taco truck. I mean, I've experienced a taco truck literally, I don't want to say saving my life because that's a vast overstatement. But for those of you who don't know me that well, I'm – you know, I've, I've, I'm a musician, I amongst many other things, um, but on tour with one of my former bands, Ila Moana, we were in San Diego, and we were, you know, crashing with friends, because obviously we're very grassroots in what we were doing, and in the Ocean Beach neighborhood of San Diego, there is an Apple, um, Apple Orchard grocery store, and in the parking lot of that grocery store was a taco truck, just called Mariscos, which is Spanish for seafood, and we were maybe you know, 100, 200 yards from the ocean. So every day they'd be buying fresh fish, shellfish, you know, swimming fish, everything, and just produce these amazing, amazing tacos. In fact, they had a, a 99 cent fish taco special, which was like fried white fish, like mm. what we'd call like Baja fish tacos, Yum. right? We lived on those tacos for the better part of like five or six days because of course we didn't have any money. Um, so yeah, I mean, taco trucks are absolutely fantastic. Just amazing, high quality food. For low cost and I'm so, so glad good. they're still, I'm so glad they're still kicking around. Yes. I was just thinking back of um, my roommate in college was from San Diego. And I remember right, the first right, time right. that I went to go visit her and her family over spring break, she took me to her favorite San Diego taqueria. Oh man. And it was like, I just wanted to eat there every day. It was well, so I mean, good. We're, and, we're from New England and we have... We Mexican have good restaurants. Tacos. We have Mexican we have restaurants really good tacos. and tacos, but it's there yeah. is something a little bit different about tacos in California. I mean, you're and closer I to the source, probably Texas as well. Closer to the source, yeah. And they were, you know, not like fancy tacos. They were. I think I got like a Baja fish. Doesn't have to be fancy. Well. Doesn't not have to be fancy. I do like a gourmet taco, of course. However, but you even talked about the, the roots basics. of what tacos were. I mean, yeah. they were never meant to be. A fancy food. I mean, I'm thrilled that there's fancy tacos out there because I'll, I'll get down on some fancy tacos, obviously. But the simpler, the better, I think, with something like that. Yeah, totally. Um, Raul Martinez, had, there was a quote in that article from the LA Times, and he said, making a taco is an art. And I think I must agree with him because... Definitely. It is. I agree. It's totally an art. Um, and there's so many variations that are still beautiful and... It's true. Amazingly delicious. Very true. What are we having for dinner tonight? Tacos. <laughs> We've actually had tacos like three times in the last week and a half, so maybe not tacos. Which was the inspiration but... for this episode, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, exactly. I was eating a taco and I was like, we should talk about this in our podcast. So it's also funny because every all of Raul Martinez's friends thought he was totally nuts. They were like, what are you doing? Why, why are you, you're not going to make any money selling tacos out of a truck. <laughs> he's clearly had the last laugh. Yeah. If he's no. still with us anyway. Hopefully he is. He did pass away. Oh, no. Um, but 
Well, we should have tacos in, yeah. in memoriam of Raul Martinez. Yes, yes. Cheers to you. But yeah, so the, you know, there really are like limitless opportunities with tacos. And a lot of chefs, particularly, I think all over the place, but in LA, Roy Choi, who started Koji BBQ, um, I guess he and his friend uh, and business partner, Mark Mengera, uh, came up with the idea of doing a fusion taco. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess it took a while for it to actually take off. Uh, so they had a food truck um, and they were kind of doing okay, staying afloat. But one night in December of 2008, yeah. they parked outside of UCLA dorms. Oh. Um, I guess this was during finals week. So oh there's a bunch gosh. of like stressed out students. And they just... I'm sure we're partying. Exploded. Well, I think they were probably studying and needed a study Well, break. it depends what time of night or, it was. Yeah, combo, But still, really smart move. Um, really smart move. They basically had instant popularity after that. Um, and yeah, again, just kind of goes to show when you get creative with things, um, having the flavors just really work together. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's never seen Kogi... Is it Koji or Kogi? I'll say Koji. Koji. Say Koji tacos. If just Google it and look at the pictures, it is it's amazing what this place is doing with tacos. Fusion taco plus being in the right location at the right time, uh, things can really take off from there. Magic happens. Yeah, I thought that was a cool story. Awesome. I was thinking a lot about my favorite taco. Oh man. And I do think I tend to go towards like the shrimp or fish. You tacos? do. You definitely do. Um, either like Baja fish or... Like a blackened mahi like taco. Like blackened mahi with some kind of... Like it has to have avocado. I love to have a little bit of like radish or pickled red onion. Oh, yeah. I'd say the most interesting fish taco I've ever had was at that Marisco's truck I was talking about in San Diego. And it wasn't... I mean, the Baja fish, the crispy fish tacos were great. They were affordable. But the most interesting one they had was a marlin taco. Ooh. Yeah, it was beautiful. They would they toasted under a little salamander uh, oven with caramelized onions and peppers, and it was unbelievable. It tasted a lot like swordfish because, of course, marlin and swordfish very closely related. But man, that's probably the best fish taco I've ever had. But my favorite kind of taco, I probably lean towards probably barbacoa, mm-hmm. which I believe is like shredded slow cooked beef. Yep. Uh, or um, carnitas. I do like classic carnitas. Definitely. I love a pork taco. It's, it's hard for me to pick anything else. I try to, I think I'm going to branch out when we go get tacos. And if I, I'll often just get like two pork and then one fish taco just to mix it up. Yep, exactly. And I do, I love when tacos are small enough where you can have multiple street tacos, street tacos. Exactly. So I'm like, yeah, I want a beef one, a fish one and a pork one or something. Um, just can never have enough tacos. Gotta have lime too. Yeah. Um, barbacoa actually is, it could be made with beef, goat, or lamb. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um, and that is slow cooked and usually with like dried chilies and a lot of good, Uh, delicious spice. So good. Yeah. So good. I'm going to wrap this up so we can get tacos. (laughs) Exactly. I'm getting so hungry. Um, yeah, that, that is... Basically what I have for the history of tacos. 
And again, there's, it sounds like we could probably do a whole story on tortillas too. Yes. So I was looking at the processing of tortillas and, you know, to get into that in a combo episode with tacos, I think would be like three hours long. So we'll have to do tortillas as a, as a separate one because there's a lot of cool information out there and the processing of it is no easy task. Um, And just even looking at the videos, you know, you can always tell from a taco place when, if they have like a fresh homemade tortilla, Mm -hmm. it makes it so much better. Um, but yeah, we'll have to get into that in a, in a separate episode because the tortilla has been, you know, being perfected since 10,000 BC. That's crazy. So. You know, normally you'd hear someone's like, I'm going to talk about tortillas. You'd think that episode would fall up flat. No, no one, no one else thinks that's funny. Okay, that's fair. Oh, I get it. That's fair. That was terrible. has been really terrible. into the puns That was lately. terrible. That was terrible. I apologize. Uh, yeah. If no one gets it, if you have to explain your joke, it's clearly not funny. I ha- Honestly, I was like, I might have just been half listening. So I didn't get it right away. No, I... It was uh, clever. It was clever. Pretty sure that one was on me. <laughs> Maybe we'll delete that out of the episode. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. <laughs> anyway, I always want to shout out our references. So Laura, where do we get all this stuff from? Oh, yes. We've got a lot of good information today from a variety of sources. Um, so smithsonianmagazine.com, uh, LA Times Archives, thelaeater.com, um, thetastingtable.com, and mobilecuisine.com. That's a lot about tacos. A lot about tacos. Uh, thank you so much again, everybody. Shout out to the Brighton Beat, as always, for our amazing theme song. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. It really helps us out uh, when you're reviewing our podcast, and we always love to hear from you on those as well. So uh, in the meantime, until we meet again, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. Take care of yourselves, be well, and we'll see you next time on Where Did This Come From? Where Did This Come From?